history, history making stuff. Cyber Fight Festival is officially in the books. My word, what an event it was. And we got a whole episode dedicated to it coming your way right this very second. Welcome, friends. Come one, come all. You have arrived at the wrestling podcast. That's wrestling spelled W R S T L I N G. It's all of the graps, but without the E. But of course, me and G, we're not anti E. We're simply pro wrestling. My name is Liam, and this guy is Gareth. Hey. And we'd like to welcome you. Back to our feed once again. Hope you all enjoyed the Mi Yamashita interview last week. Good Lord, that was so much fun. And I think we'll get into it in a bit, but certainly added a lot of intrigue and a lot of color going into the match from my perspective. I sort of, I was really rooting for her as a result of that conversation. It added great value. I hope you uh, enjoyed it as well. Loads to cover here. Cyberfight Festival was a whopping great show. So many matches, I think upwards of five hours for the card in its entirety but a blissful five hours so let's just dive right into it um gareth you actually live tweeted this bad boy you're up early i did i rolled out of bed at 4 30 a.m on on sunday now folks i should tell you as, as a long time compadre of this chap uh that's no mean feat you know for, that's not a time of day that usually suits this species of man but i mean he managed to pull it off I don't usually get up at that time. I'm, I've been known quite often to still be awake at that, that time before going exactly. to bed. Exactly. Um, I mean, the only time I usually willingly get up at that sort of time is if I know I've got a flight to catch. Yeah, sure. Well, this one was a flyer. And uh, thanks for everybody uh, uh, joined us and interacted on Twitter. We're going to do was a lot more of fun. We got so much coming up. You know, you just look at the schedule for the next couple of weeks in the wrestling world, particularly in Japan. And it's absolute madness. Just that a snip. You know, this week coming, next seven days, got the big stardom show. You've got the big Tokyo Joshi Pro show with the uh, tag title match between uh, One to One Million and Neo Bishiki Goon. You've got two seedling shows with Asuka and Ryo Mizunami both on them. You've got a crazy Ice Ribbon show coming up. You've got Mei Saruga challenging for Minoru Fujita's belt in Choco Pro. You've got a Bonkers tag team match coming up in PWA Black Label in Australia. And this isn't even all of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much stuff. What a great time to be a fan of oh. you know, wrestling outside of the, of the E. Oh, mate, it's the absolute best. And, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with watching either of those E's. No problem at all. But good Lord, if you, you just take a little step outside and look around, there's so much other stuff going on mm. that you can immerse yourself with and just get different takes and different styles. And that's the, uh, that's the joy of doing this podcast in many ways. So I, I've just always really loved watching people improve and evolve yes. and you know, make their way up through those, those rungs, so to speak. Definitely. For, for years, kind of watching Ring of Honor back in the day and watching and stuff like IWA Mid-South and mm. you know all these other sort of indie promotions that you you, know, you could get access to and watching the people slowly work their way up and you know seeing them succeed and make it to WWE at the time was like such a thrill. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you were on that and journey with them. Now, now I take the opposite. I'm like, no, don't go. Stay. Stay with us. <laughs> stay, stay, stay. No, I, I totally agree. But that is the, the fun for me anyway. It's uncovering those those diamonds in the rough, mm, finding out who's gems. next. And this was a very good show for that, actually, because there was a lot of opportunities handed out to a lot of people, hell of a lot of exposure here. And we'll get into that in a little bit, actually. But yeah, let's jump into this one. Um, shall we do our thing of starting from the top and working backwards, maybe? Yeah, sure. Or do you want to go bottom up? Um, there's, there's so much 
here you know we, so could, we should probably talk all day so i don't know if we maybe sort of start early doors focus on the matches we've got something useful to kind of add you know we'd be here all day if we literally walked walked you through every single match on the card that's very uh, true that's very true okay good shout indeed well i wanted to talk about uh one match and it was it was actually a pre-show match but i think it's pertinent so it's a pre-show 10 woman tag team match mm. From the stars of Tokyo Joshi Pro. Yeah, so this opened the opened the card. Yeah, and it had Team B star, um, Rai Mayumi, Suzumi, Ariso Endo, Haruna Neko, and Moka Miyamoto against the debuting Kaya Torobami, Mahiro Kuryu, Nao Kakuta, Pom Harajuku, and Raku. This one was about just over 10 minutes or so. Really, really fun match. But the reason I wanted to talk about it plays directly into what we were just speaking about. I felt like this match was littered of people that were next, or if they're mm. not next, they're the one after. There's a lot of real exciting prospects in this match, and I wanted to highlight a couple to you. Okay. I really, really like Suzumi. I just think she's got something. You know, she's very quick. Uh, her offense is nice and crisp. It's unique. And I wouldn't be surprised to see her positioned quite prominently going forward, either as part of B-Stars or as a single. Mm-hmm. I think she's really got something. And yeah. the other one is Mayumi. And she's possibly even closer to you know being the real deal. She's very, very good. Uh, I gather she used to be a judoka, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Mark had a good time talking about that with his martial arts background. And I just thought she looked like a real star in this one. Um, and I, I know she's got a big spot coming up on the next Tokyo Joshi Pro show as well. So clearly they see something in her. But I felt like those two in particular really stood out for me. Mm. I mean, you know, it's fair to say, I think the Tokyo Joshi roster right now is just is booming. Like everybody seems to just be firing on all cylinders. Truly, truly. Yeah. And I was also particularly impressed with the, the debutantes as well. Yeah. Um, for one, interesting wearing a mask. That's something a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if you got this as well, but I felt like she had a an Oscar quality as in Venny mm. uh, in terms of her explosivity um things like when she was doing handsprings or when she was doing springboards there's a clear sort of difference in leg strength between her and some of the other wrestlers in sure. the match and there was a real pop to her work so a really nice first impression made absolutely her. i think yeah. she yeah really impressed and i mean what a great way to christen the show Absolutely. You know, starting with a great sort of ten person tag match here. TJPW getting to be the the first ones out there, I thought was was, you know, lovely. And even though I guess it's the you know first match of a pre-show, but it's still quite the honor to kind of be the ones to uh, open a show of this magnitude. Of course. of course. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, mate, where do you want to go next? Well, I just, let's let's move to the Battle Royal. Okay, yeah. Just just to say, it made me very very happy to see Antonio Honda. Antonio. <laughs> oh Antonio, my goodness, he's just Antonio, perfect. Antonio, I love him man. so much. <laughs> he's the absolute best, isn't he? I love Antonio Honda so much. So he's yeah, perfect. this was delightful. You know, very silly, some fun spots. You know, it was worked very well. So. The format was you could be eliminated over the top rope, pinned or submitted, entertaining start to finish. Um, just left me with a big smile on my face, which, yeah. you know, DDT often does anyway. But yeah, this 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 really pleased me. And I think Antonio Honda is just, 
so good at what he does. It just really made me happy to see him win here. Yeah, definitely. And it's nice to see a match that contains both Antonio Honda and Mohamed Yone because yes. he's somebody that historically you know, we've both really enjoyed yeah, from early But he's still great and he's still loads of fun as well. And so those are, those are two people that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, there was just a, a real fun mix of like very serious individuals and very silly individuals in this, yes. in this match. And just, you know, early doors getting to see those that juxtaposition was a lot of fun. Yeah, really was. And it's one of those things with battle royals, they can they can go one or two ways, can't they? And I think this definitely swung towards yeah. the more lighthearted, crowd-pleasing side of things. Because we've definitely, you know, had our issues with battle royals on shows before where... They're hard, you know, they're hard to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, to do well. Um, mm. my, my one thing, if I could have changed on this show, I would have loved to have seen Saki Akai in the... Uh, DDT versus Congo match later in the show rather yeah, than position here. Yeah. I do wonder if maybe it was a case of you know the Noah, the Congo workers not wanting to work into gender perhaps. Could Otherwise be. I can't see like a logical reason why you wouldn't have had her be, be a part of that. Yeah, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Although, to be fair, and the Congo lads did get pretty silly. Um, yeah. Much more silly than I was expecting we'll, them to get. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cover that when we, when we make our way there. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a good show indeed. Um, okay, mate, guide us. Tell, tell us where you want to go. Well, it looks like we may be going through one because I feel like I've got something I want to say on everyone. Then, then the Gambare Pro tag match. Yeah, really, really impressed. They, yeah, um, definitely. Oh, I, if I hadn't seen them before, or I've maybe seen them very briefly, but everyone here really impressed, and uh, yeah. it's made me, you know, look forward to more Gambert. You know, I, I will be, which I think is part of the reason for this show's very existence is to, you know, maybe you don't what haven't previously watched this part of the Cyberfight stable. Well, let's expose you to it and show you what you're missing. And th- this is exactly what this match did. Of course, yeah, that's that's absolutely it. And I, I read that um, President Takagi had said that subscriptions to Wrestle Universe had absolutely skyrocketed, you know, prior to Very prior nice. to the show, which is fantastic. Um, we'll get onto the attendance and stuff like that in a little bit as well. But yeah, it was a wonderful shop window for all these promotions, and the mm. one that clearly stood to gain the most was Gangbear because it's the one that people know less about, myself included. And uh, if you, as a listener, don't know as much about gang bear and are looking to get more involved then stick around to the end of the episode because we've got some fun news for you anyway um moving on let's shoot up to i like even just the three-way tag team match from tjpw a lot of fun i just really enjoyed the pairing this year of hyper mazao and shoko nakajima me too yeah definitely i actually think overall the tokyo joshi pro contingent on this show had a had a fantastic day of the office. Yes, yeah. You know? In terms of you know, I feel like they were batting a thousand. You know, they every mm. time every opportunity the Tokyo Joshi contingent were given, they absolutely overdelivered. I felt. Yeah, yeah, I really do think that, and you know, it's great for them, and it's great for the the whole environment over in Japan. You know, because clearly stardom's the big game in town in terms of joshi wrestling but there's so much going on now and there's so many promotions that are bubbling and vying for mm. that spot and with the you know, exposure that they've had via AEW and other things you definitely get the sense that the wind is behind uh tokyo joshi pro at the moment and they are certainly making a charge as are the entire collective 
but you can definitely see it with them. Yes, for sure. Yeah, really good stuff. So love hyping Masao and Shoko together. Lots and lots of fun indeed. Uh, must have been a, a weird one in many ways for Rika Tatsumi. You know, she was a match away mm. from being up at the top here, but, you know, still an excellent performance. And she's very, very good. I think it was the right call, maybe, to move it on to Mayu. You know. Yeah, it was just unfortunate that this... Sh- I, I feel like had this show not been on the horizon, her her reign may have kind of rolled on. Yeah, I don't but disagree. they obviously were kind of moving their pieces to provide the biggest possible title match for this show, definitely, and definitely. that's why, unfortunately, that so that's what had to happen. Uh, yes. Yeah, her time will undoubtedly come again to be, you know, princess of princess champion. Yeah, and I don't think you can blame them for that because that was clear across all of the brands. You know the you didn't get there were very much the big stars going up against the big stars mm-hmm. it wasn't sort of an upcomer or anyone that anyone like that it mm. was the big names and uh, you could make the argument that seems a shame but in, in some ways but also you can absolutely see the rationale it's a huge arena that they're playing and yeah they were ultimately vindicated in that yeah um, yeah more more generally on you know cyber fight festival you know, going forward, if there is a Cyberfight Festival 2022, which I certainly hope there will be. Me too. You know, I think now that they've got this proof of concept, you know, they've shown it works, like this this rules. Let's do it again. You know, you've you've got you've maybe got that public trust to in order to be able to perhaps have, you know, the people that are just bubbling under, or maybe the the wrestlers that aren't necessarily the household names challenging the big the big time matches next time around yeah it'll be interesting to see and also you've got go shizaki to come back as well yeah you know talk about a big name there it's wild that this show was such a triumph sans go yeah that's mad isn't it so we've got that to look forward to yeah fingers crossed next time out yeah 100 percent. okay uh, this was a lot of fun <laughs> so the first of the uh, interpromotional battles <laughs> I mean, this was always going to be a lot of fun. There's yeah. the Segura-Goon team of Kazushi Sakuraba and Takashi Segura against Dino and Super Sasuke yeah, Machine. Like, so oh, challenging for Segura-Goon's uh, made-up tag titles. <laughs> uh, so Segura-Goon, even though you know they're people, you, you, neither man you would ever want to mess with. No, it feels like bubbling under. They both obviously have hell of a sense of humor definitely yeah they're clearly a laugh aren't they yeah you always get that from segura in particular with his his press conferences like the last one we had with fujita where they just had a beer up basically <laughs> and you know it's absolutely wasted it was great yeah so this this was I, I enjoyed them starting the match out with their masks as well perfect and yeah it just got progressively sillier yeah loads of fun and just a you, you can see how this whole thing works how this is a stable works you know you've got noah's quite serious ddt can be quite silly but they can coexist absolutely fine and when they come together it's a lot of fun i don't know that i necessarily want to see it super regularly because it felt really special here yeah exactly you don't want to lose that no but by the same token i'd love to see you know a bit more crossover maybe yeah you know once here or twice and there. A year. Yeah. yeah but this is this is where the you know the real interpromotional stuff plays out yeah definitely this was good fun and actually the build-up with this one was good fun with um yeah sasa dango 
you sneaking into their shows and trying to trying to challenge them both and they weren't having it it was yeah. just a lot of fun really good little build up definitely I, like super sasadango machine like always just makes me really happy like anytime really like he's it. involved in a show like he yeah. he's a real joy to behold yeah i still um do you know is it, it's a fact i haven't actually told you this so is a, a pal of mine um who lives locally who wanted to you know we were chatting about you know what, what we do or what have you he's a sort of recent friend and I told him about the podcast and being a supportive chap, he, uh, you know, without my knowledge, downloaded it. And next time I saw him, he'd already, he was already laughing when he was approaching me. He was like, oh, <laughs> I was just listening to your podcast. I was laughing about this match where this guy was being controlled by like a remote. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that was that DDT show where there was a, Sasadanga had his avatar yeah and he was controlling him remotely and you know so good you know he was enjoying just hearing about that so yeah, yeah it really does translate a delight you can see the 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 way forward for DDT in that regard mm-hmm. and then post-match Segura keeping his uh, pantyhose on his head perfect <laughs> just indefinitely even at the end yeah even yeah, coming on stage out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah he is always having a, a whale of a time he's the man isn't he yeah got, got a lot got a lot of time for him me too yeah, definitely. Okay, um, well, this was short and sweet, but it was good fun, and we both absolutely love Masa Kitamiya. Yeah, um, yeah. And he, he beat up poor Hideki Okatani here. Just <laughs> wrecked a fool. What's going on with the aggression? I don't know. We haven't had an opportunity to talk about this. No. So they, no. they got into it at a press conference. They've apparently broken up, but they're got, still GHC yeah. World Tag Team Champions. we got a... As hair versus Kenny? hair cage match yeah. on the horizon. What is going on there? Cage match in Noah. Wow. Um, I'm not a big lover of them breaking up, if I'm totally No, no. And certainly not whilst you know, co-holders of the tag team titles. It's it just felt like they had an actual falling out and they had to do something yeah. about it. <laughs> Who knows? Sure that's but not the case, you but... know, I I trust Noah enough to kind of let this play out, and you know, I'm sure it will you know be good. But yeah, at the moment, I just feel like I'm I'm missing something. Yeah, that's exactly it. I just feel like I'm missing something there. But there we go. Um, more Tokyo Joshi Pro action up next. Uh, we had a, a six woman tag with a really fun little trio now of Maki Ito, um, Marika Kabashi, and Kamiyu, Yuki Kamafuku. I really like them together, actually. Yeah. I think that... They've gelled really nicely, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. And they were going against some of our other favourites as well. Hikari Noah, um, who, if you read our interview with President Takagi on itrwrestling.com, you'll have read that he's floating the idea of her interacting with John Moxley over in AEW. Yes, yes, please. Either as an, op- an opponent or a partner. <laughs> and I'm totally down for that. That's uh, that's perfect. I, I spent my time live tweeting trying to get uh, a hashtag for Noah over. Of, the pro wrestling uh, Noah. <laughs> no, no, but because the, the pro wrestling Noah hashtag is Noah underscore GHC. I thought uh, Noah underscore GHT standing for gonna harm takagi oh geez <laughs> should be just because i'm still waiting for her to run him over like she, it needs to happen she didn't need to um i know <laughs> that happened later anyway <laughs> maybe kenna was her avatar anyway um and uh, they were teamed with another podcast fave in mizuki and the sort of relatively new to the scene yuki arai who you would have heard uh me uh, gushing about uh, last week it was very you know, sweet it was really sweet yeah and you can tell why they're excited about her as well not just because of the 
the idol group yeah. links and her clear sort of domestic popularity, but she's got a lot going for her. You can really see the magic. And I love this. I think this is where this is going. This sort of link up with Makito, where they're basically running Makito's story back in many ways. You know, she's mm. entered from an idol background. She's been immediately paired with a more experienced and better wrestler as her rival. And I wonder if this will go full circle in the yeah. same way that it has done with Maki and Miu. I'd love to see that play out. It does seem like they're setting something up for the long term here. Yeah, which works for me. Again, very enjoyable match with the you know the team of Ito, Kabashi and Kamafuku picking up the win here. Yeah, definitely. Really good stuff. Like all of these so, guys. Spe- But I just want to say, speaking of um, Miu's love of idols, I did check out one of the groups that she mentioned she really enjoyed twice. Oh, did you? And actually... What a bunch of pop bangers. Loved it. Like, I'll definitely <laughs> listen to them again in future. She's converted me. Very good. And if anyone listening is into idol music and you've got some recommendations, hit us up. We want to hear all of it. So good stuff there. Uh, what else do we have? The Noah Juniors uh, were in action. The crazy Noah Junior heavyweight division where they're all at each other's throats. <laughs> the decorum goes out of the window if you weigh under a certain weight limit in pro wrestling Noah. And yeah, this was a lot of fun as well. Just to the Noah Junior division is low key, one of the stronger divisions knocking around, I would say. Mm. There's, there's a hell of a lot of good guys in there. And then this is really good. This is uh, Katoji, Harada, and Ohara picking up the win against the Stinger stable of uh, Hayata Yoshioka and the legendary Yoshinari Ogawa, who we mm. actually had the privilege of watching live yes. many years ago. And he, he still looks exactly home. the same. <laughs> He's, he's been frozen in time but he's still very good as well um but yeah that's lots of fun there not necessarily tons to write home about but like a good really fun, fun match. match yeah just yep. a, a good exhibition of what the noah juniors have to offer indeed and perhaps more to write home about would be on our next six-man tag which was the damnation trio of uh, Charisma, Takao, and Endo with Mad Pauly, of course. This uh, was just when it felt like the show really fire, kicked right? it into that next gear. Yeah, this was absolutely it. If you were short on time, you know, didn't have time for an, a you know, five and a half hour show. If you tuned in from here, you'd think like, well, like this is, you know, work rate wise, this is one of the best you know, shows of the year, possibly of, you know, the decade. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you tuned in here, you would have still had six matches. Yeah, like it's still a full full card. It's, 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 it? a, it's a whole show. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, what a crazy match! So I should just say their opponents were. Uh, I got caught out last time with Haku's late translation on this one. So the three seven sauna club. No, no. <laughs> what is it? The sauna camina. The sauna camina. Why? Why do this to me? Okay, with these. Because the because three and seven in Japanese. <sighs> Sound like sauna. Just don't do this to me. Come on, main man to cast the sun. Don't do that to me. He's <laughs> <laughs> merch I'm proudly rocking as, as we record this very podcast. Uh, I should have uh, worn my uh, my Tokyo Joshi shirt today. Yeah, this is, the, this is the perfect content for an audio podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was um it was Mao and Shinma uh, from that stable uh, also <laughs> teaming up with our, our our countryman Chris Brooks. Who they've, you know, had their own battles against in the past. I feel like this is everybody's relationship with Chris Brooks, though. Yeah. You know, they've all had rivalries and they've all been good friends. He's such so, a slippery customer. Isn't so he? one thing I, I really that really tickled me 
I heard Aki mentioning Brooks as the betrayer of the pencil army on commentary. <laughs> I love that that got slipped in there. We'll talk about Aki in a bit. I think there's a there's a conversation there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it, for sure. It, it was lovely to hear him kind of weave in a few kind of yeah. bits from Chocker Pro and other different promotions as well. It was, yeah, it was really good stuff. A lot, lot of friends of the show, a lot of friends of the pod on this show. Mate, yeah. I, you know, I was thinking going into this, this really felt like, this felt like WrestleMania yeah. to us. You know, it was, you know, this is the one we've been talking about for ages. Yeah. So I was super excited about this. And I wonder if part of that is because we have had the opportunity to speak to some of these people and perhaps we have grown a slightly warmer affinity to mm, this mm. collective as well but yeah no it was really good stuff this was a crazy good match i think uh the melts dave melts gave this one four stars uh so you know it's a good one good crazy work rate match here just like everybody in this match yeah. is really good so another thing i wanted to make note of here mm. is uh so watching this uh at the computer with the so I just watched it back uh, today, actually, this match. Uh, so sat at the computer with the stream on the highest quality. Like, Jesus Christ, it gives new meaning to Jack seeing Endo uh, in the highest definition. <laughs> He's in the most ridiculous shape. It's unfathomable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this match just absolutely killed it i thought you know so many good spots such a great fast-paced start between mao and endo yeah um you know and it just kind of kept getting better and better from from there so one little spot as well that i absolutely loved in this is mao and brooks slingshotting shunma for, on the outside of the ring off the ropes just crazy so so much good stuff here and lots of people that work really well together as well yes. you know, we saw mao and um sorry uh, we saw Shimna and Brooks do good stuff as opponents early in the mm-hmm. year as well. So it's nice to see them working as a team as well and equally effective. So yeah, this was just full of great stuff. It was a really fun match. If you haven't seen it, absolutely go out of your way to seek this one out. It's a lot of fun indeed. And should get you excited as well um, for the King of DDT tournament, which is just got underway. I think all of these gentlemen are involved in one form or another. It's a really exciting tournament, actually. The brackets on both sides are jam-packed with goodness so yeah do check that out so the, the first card of that is already up on um ddt universe if you want to want to check in on that there you go yeah but i think it was chris brooks and endo on that card as well so looking forward to that yeah. I, haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch that one yet but i think that will be uh my friday night viewing indeed indeed um and then things just went from good to goddamn crazy uh just wow how much fun was this this was another cross promotional match um a 12-man tag with uh the ddt team of eruption and akito uh naomi yushimura who's back good good to have him back the president sancho takagi and yukio naya against the congo stable keno's congo stable the ultra serious very good at posing stable from pro wrestling noah and <laughs> This was a lot of this was a lot of fun. A real sort of clash of ideologies. Yeah, it and, was. That's that's exactly yeah. it. It was yeah, that clash of ideologies. You know, you had Congo coming out as, you know, a, a real sort of serious looking unit with mm. the beautiful sort of ma- not matching gear, but all of a very from a you know, all red. It was a uniformity yeah. to it, wasn't it? Um and then so seeing them kind of come out to the ring uh, you know, very seriously. And then the DDT collection 
come to the stage, you know, with bikes tag band. and weapons, <laughs> yeah, cardboard <laughs> weapons and a bear trap and the fist and the drill and, you know, from Beck and Mummy and just all these different bits and pieces just really just tickled me in just the right way. Great stuff. Yeah, really fun indeed. The the kind of central pairing here of, you know, Keno and Takagi, I just think is really compelling. Yeah, just it really the, is. Yeah, again, though it's it's basically their it's the central ideologies of each man facing off here. You know, they're they're the avatar for the the ideologies, aren't they? Yeah. I would say. Yeah, um, he kind of went to town on Takagi as well, didn't he? Good lord. Yeah, those slaps throughout he, he the match. Him. You it know, it's crazy. If Just... if you haven't seen it, there's a, a picture floating around of Takagi's neck post match. You know, Poor just guy. looks like raw hamburger meat. Oh yeah, it looked absolutely brutal, and you know, I, it really this match made me really pine for a Keno Yukio Sakaguchi match as well. Yes. Two of the absolute best kickers in the game. So hopefully so, we get that down the line too. Yeah, in my notes, I, what I put is that this match just had me really like salivating over the idea of like lots of s- possible singles pairings. Mm-hmm. You know, just Nakajima, especially like Nakajima and Keno against, you know, either of the kind of eruption sort of tag team would be a joy to behold. 100%. But, you know, but maybe we get to see you know that as a tag team match down the line as well uh yeah there's just a lot of a lot of good stuff here um you know then at one point where i think takagi is like on the outside is attacking keno and he's just like staring straight through takagi and, and looking at sakaguchi and just you know not paying him any mind and then when those two finally you know get it on in the center of the ring Definitely. it's you know it was, it was magic yeah really good kick party three yeah really good stuff indeed uh, of course, we had your pal Yoshiko <laughs> making their presence known, <laughs> involved, and I think the uh, the key point uh, you shared a brilliant tweet uh, from I believe it's Emily Pratt, um, who's a wrestling journalist, said something along the lines of, um, and this was following Keno getting on a bicycle, which was used in this match. Is that as soon as he got on the bike, Takagi won the ideological war? Yeah, yeah, that's it, exactly. He, 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 he he got he he couldn't resist getting involved. I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I yeah. you know I was I was going to make mention of that. You know, I just thought that was so on the money. Like win, lose, or draw, time. Takagi had won. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So you know, just to say as well, yeah. You know, if you are interested in kind of uh you know really interesting off the beaten path style of like wrestling journalism, you know Emily Pratt does does great stuff for for Fanbyte. Um, and uh, and for other outlets, so you know, I'd recommend you know following her on Twitter or you know finding her work. I think if you if you enjoy the stuff we talk about, she she writes really interesting stuff uh, on on a lot of the promotions we cover. Yep, yep, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Um, but not only did they win the ideological <laughs> war, but they actually won the match <laughs> itself. Oh <laughs> Which my to goodness. my surprise, I love I love yeah. I w- I was really expecting uh, Congo to take it here. But uh, yeah, so Takagi wins with a really nice looking sit out powerbomb yeah. on Hal, whilst Keno had to powerlessly watch on as Sakaguchi slash Yoshiko had had him next door in a in a sleeper. Oh, it's pure <laughs> it was theater. so good. Absolute theater, wasn't it? Really yeah. good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> great, great finish, you know. I mean, doesn't make, you know, the, the Congo look bad at all in defeat no 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 not at all not at all although they are having their issues at the yeah yeah exactly and you get the sense that 
you know, Nakajima is always lurking in the background yeah. in Congo. He doesn't he's... really feel like a proper member <laughs> of Congo. Just, he's just like, just kind of there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. they're all doing their, their pose before the match. And he's, he's just sat just on the turnbuckle. Lurking in the back like an extra from Assassin's Creed. It's, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, and uh, more good stuff following this, actually. In fact, that's kind of the, the message going forward. Um, <laughs> this is that stable of um Takeshita and Yuki Ueno uh the Sona Kamina those guys they were against uh Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Inamura again another DDT versus Noah matchup here this this just felt like an exhibition of like his here are the four guys that are going to be carrying their respective promotions for the next 10 years for sure couldn't agree more yeah it really did feel like that these are these are next and uh Hey, next year maybe they'll nope they'll be in the top spots. Yeah, it honestly wouldn't wouldn't surprise me to see you know any potentially of these four men you know challenging their for their promotions top honors next yeah. next time around. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, really fun again. I mean, good lord, what a year Ueno's having, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's you know he's going to be I think featured very highly when we when we write our lists uh, come the end of the year. It's it's wild to me the kind of output and how it's the frequency as well it's not mm. like he's you know just wrestling every now and then it's regularly and it's really really good stuff and yeah boy was he on point in this match yeah Gee. he's he seems like the one if you know you don't know you need to know yeah definitely definitely um really good stuff here interesting story going on with Kiyomiya and he's sort of quite publicly stated about the difficulties having in the ring and you know the struggles he's having in finding wins at the moment mm. and I, I forget if it was Akiyama or Marafuji I think it was Akiyama in the um, post-show press conference was talking about that and saying he really needs to stop being quite so open about that stuff because sure. it's, it's just manifesting itself when he gets in the ring so there's a, there's a story at large here and I think it's a really interesting one and mm. you know Kiyomiya is somebody that is you know, he has been GHC heavyweight champion already, but he feels destined for that top spot once again yeah. uh, sooner rather than later. I do wonder, however, if the the social media push behind Inamora and his crazy feats of strength <laughs> might see him reach that spot before. Sure. Yeah, I, just the Inamora coming out with the tire and like the tire themed gear, really, really, yeah. I like that. And just Stuart on commentary <laughs> just getting to wax lyrical Knowing about what we know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> having had that conversation with mark pickering yeah absolutely we know stuart's a big fan yeah you know, i feel one... like um, if they were transformers in would just turn into a tire that would be his thing <laughs> <laughs> just roll down to the ring oh my goodness um but there was so the one spot here that i just you know Rewatching this again that really stood out to me sure. Inamura just hits like a pounce on Takesta oh, just like flinging him into a turnbuckle that and just Take looks is massive as well gorgeous yeah crazy stuff crazy stuff but the resurgence of Takesta is in full effect that AEW excursion appears to have done in the world of good as uh, he picked up well his team picked up the win here and he's on a bit of a row actually um, you know because he and Shimna won the tag tournament in DDT as well. I don't know that he's lost actually since he's got back from AEW. It, it felt big though that Ueno was the one to pick up the pin. Here. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And I, I really do think, well, you got the sense in that Takagi interview again, just going back to that, but you get the sense they're really behind him and yeah, right, and, so. and rightly so. Like yeah. 
you know, why why wouldn't you be when you're seeing his output? Um, you know, he's having a great reign as Universal Champion. Yep. You know, I think he's he's still he's still got some people we want to see him face off against before. Yeah, we can really consider him a top tier champion, <coughs> Saki Akai. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, he's 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 really doing wonders with that with that belt. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, really good stuff here. Really good stuff indeed. All right, we're up into the top three. My gosh, we're into the big ones. Um, can I just say as well, so we had three title matches to go here. The uh, Princess Princess title match from TJPW, KOD openweight title match from DDT, and the GHC heavyweight title match from Pro Wrestling Noah. And, you know, these are all promotions where their belt is the most important thing in that particular universe. So you do have a conundrum on your hands in many ways with a show like this in trying to work out who goes on last in the coveted mm. main event spot. And... I think it was Mark explained on commentary, and I really appreciated this explanation, that it was decided based on the inception date of the belt. So yeah. the Noah belt, having been around for longer, was got the top spot, then DDT, then TJPW. It's, it's a nice way of like kayfabing the the logic for why you know they're in the order that they 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 were in. Yeah, I was into it big time. Yeah. It was a nice way of kind of waving away like, oh, well, you know, cynically, we're putting Muto and Marafuji on, on yeah. last. Yeah, yeah, No, it worked perfectly for me. Yeah. It was really good. Oh, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, yeah, um, So here we go. Um, our pal, friend of the show, uh, Miyu Yamashita, or Yamashita, uh, against Yuka Sakazaki. Let's just get this out of the way. I've said this before, and it never felt more true than watching this match. The veneer of joyful Joshi grows ever thin on Yuka Sakazaki for me. But as far as I'm concerned, she's an axe murderer. You know, there's... <laughs> she's... I, I don't care about all this all this other stuff. All the, you know, the crazy theme song and, you know, the sugar rabbits and... No. She's, she's no magical girl. She's an assassin. Yeah. You can see it behind her eyes as well. And it was very, very prevalent in this match indeed. You know, when you when you think about the the history these two, the shared history these two have, you know, it's no wonder Sakazaki just has never been able to wrestle that belt away from Yamashita, mm. Mm. and basically, you know, they're the you know Yamashita at this point has the most reigns, uh, the most defenses, uh, is the longest reigning, you know, it just has all the accolades, and uh, yeah, it seems that they can never beat one another for the belt there's always an intermediary they've basically it's you know since the title's inception it's gone like me you someone else yuka someone else yes they're me, always the bread and yeah. the title sandwich aren't they yeah so you know i think yuka obviously was desperate to to win this one to finally like put that to bed that she can she can wrestle the you know when the the lights are on brighter she can wrestle the title away from yamashita yeah no for sure and i think I absolutely love the opening exchange here because it felt as about intense and as genuine as a feeling out process could without, you know, without it being sort of a blood feud type match. It felt as as real and as gritty as, mm. as you could possibly find. And I think that owes to the, the story that you've just conveyed there, you know, all the, the years that had gone into this one. And the other thing that I really liked about this that plays into what you just said is there was a lot of counters of counters and yeah, counters of counters and counters. And that's really how it should be. You know, they know each other very well. They're arguably one and two, not even arguably, they're one and two 
in in the promotion so they should have all their stuff scouted and they did and i think it just made for a real chess match and you could see how how tightly matched they were yeah throughout the whole thing it was it was a really snug affair in many ways you know so i'm not suggest- i'm not saying i've seen every time that these two have have faced off but it seems like from what i have seen it feels like a match that really rewarded you if you are super familiar with their backstory yes definitely 100 percent. yeah which is something that i think wrestling when it's done best is you know no yeah almost no other form of storytelling can can kind of do can do that you know you know because it just rumbles on forever and ever yeah no i quite agree this was a crazy good match i really it's probably my favorite match on the card yeah, Overall. I I, th- I think so. Yeah, I would I certainly would say my so. favorite of the the top three title matches, and they're all yeah. decent. But this is probably my my yeah. pick. Certainly my favorite singles match on the card. Yeah, and just so much good stuff here. Um, gosh, you know there was a superplex onto the apron, which was crazy. Um, from Yuka to Mayu, and after that, you know, whilst Mayu was recovering with a really good sell of her shoulders tucked into a neck where mm. she just looked broken you could just follow up with a basement clothesline showing what a little murderer she actually is <laughs> um, and something i really liked as well is following that spot she got herself prepped and with that uncanny balance she has oh uh, waiting on the ropes for my to to come in yeah and she made the jump and didn't maybe get all of it and i really liked that she just went nope not going to try and pin there i'm just going to do it again and because that makes sense from a performance point of view, from a from a wrestler's point of view, why would you? You're not, you know, you didn't hit it right, or didn't get as much of it as you would have liked. So just do it again. Mm. You know, she's not going anywhere. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I felt like it just made yeah. perfect sense. Just really a really good. well well worked technically, but also I felt really well worked from a psychology perspective as well. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Um, there was a kick at the end, a wheel kick. Um, or skull kick as they called it on the uh, on commentary from me to Yuka that genuinely almost knocked me out of my chair I reacted <laughs> in such a big way yeah. I could not believe the sort of ferocity and it got a bang on point yeah. it was crazy and if I if I could just go back and do one thing I'd make that the finish because mm. it was just like the perfect flash knockdown mm. sort of finish but it was still you know just yeah. not, not a big deal but that was it was just so perfect yeah, it was definitely. incredible I just think both these wrestlers have such all their signature reference just is amazing mate yeah truly truly really good stuff very much worthy of a main event slot at the Saitama Super Arena yeah. hats off all right uh KOD open weight, so how much then? Junakiyama, the final boss, against uh, Harashima, uh, who's uh, was nine or ten time yeah, KOD open weight yeah. champion in his own right. So you know, real the the, the ultra company man for DDT mm. been there for a long time, and sort of felt like he was being sent forward as their as their greatest hope in terms yes. of getting the title back from Akiyama, who's still you know rightly perceived as an outsider, yeah. despite being. So- coaching and all that sort of stuff there you know i think i I said this when i was live tweeting the the show but akiyama here in his ddt run has just felt like the brock Mm lesnar-esque storytelling wwe have tried to do but done with a lot more nuance sure yeah 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 um and i've really loved it him just kind of having the gold sitting sitting atop the mountain and like coming down to face the challenges and just 
you know, brutalizing it. It felt like Hiroshima got just sort of picked apart here. Yeah, it reminded me of when Prince Oberyn fought the mountain in Game of Thrones. Mm. You know, it was sort of this sort of slightly smaller man who had, you know, degree of success, but as soon as Akiyama got a hold of him, yeah, it's game over. Yeah, it was just, it was a, a, a waiting game just until, you know, Akiyama finished him, wasn't it, really? Yeah. And After it, a certain point. Surprisingly one-sided for the, for the majority of the match. Mm. Um, it's not to say that Harry didn't have his... His moments, you know, leaping headbutt and so on and so forth was, was already great. And it was wonderful. We got a bit to talk about, I think, with the commentary because I thought it was really, really good. And I think it added a lot of value. And what I enjoyed in this match in particular is, you know, Aki, our pal Bali and Aki was on commentary and he, pretty early doors, just came out and said, look, I'm backing Harashima in this match. Yeah. You know, I want him to win. But it was interesting kind of hearing the urgency in his voice as it went on and the sort of disbelief he had in Akiyama beating him, which mm. makes perfect sense when you consider that, you know, when Aki fought Harashima at the Chris Brooks show earlier in the year, you know, they had life and death of one another and he came out on the losing end. To watch somebody destroying that guy must be like jesus christ yeah what does that what does that mean for me (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i just thought it was great i think it really helped it added a lot of honesty to the story which i think was really Mm. yeah Yeah, i I, yeah again just commentary overall i thought was top notch for this show really really added added so so much yeah really good stuff um uh yeah i I just thought it was a, a wonderful team all four of them did a really good job complimented each other really well yeah and picked picked their spots they're like they knew when to chip in with something and when to kind of pull back it felt yeah. to me and then not to make this the usual sort of Aki loving that we end up doing <laughs> what 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 can't the man do but I would just say that I I felt like his his joy and his excitement was mm. infectious you know uh, he had absolutely. A, a wrestler's insight with a fan's enthusiasm and it was it just added a lot for me it got me excited watching it so, yeah. yeah yeah certainly it like was part of what kind of kept me going through those the wee hours of the morning when I uh, was watching live. Yeah. Okay, so Akiyama, uh, I love the stretch for this one. Um, really good back and forth. Both guys got uh, finishes in, uh, really went sort of tit for tat, but eventually Akiyama picks up the win with an arm in guillotine choke. I love the the sell afterwards with Harris sort of having gone out briefly and mm. brought round and he still thinks he's fighting. Yeah, and you know, told it's over. Akiyama's face and Akiyama sort of has like sort of quizzical but you know restrained look about him it was very UFC it was really really well mm, done mm. and yeah I, I absolutely love that but my question to you is if not Hara then who <laughs> who takes the belt from Jun Akiyama I, I don't know at this point like I, it feels like all the for me like all the really obvious contenders have been turned back so unless you you know my heart says I want it to be my main man, Takesta man. It's got to be, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, eventually. It's got to you know, be. You know, it's felt like he's coming back with something new, being on this tear since he's been back. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, and I, I thought this for a while, you know, that he seemed like the logical person to eventually end this, this what so far, what's been a fantastic reign for Akiyama. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But I wonder now, after the success of this event, you know, do they pull the trigger at Wrestle Peter Pan late in the year or do they wait till Cyberfest 2? Questions, questions, questions. Mm. All very intriguing. 
Let's get on to the main event, uh, GHC heavyweight title match. It was Keiji Muto uh, defending against uh, Naomichi Marafuji. Again, lots of fun here. I think it deserved its spot at the top of the card, yeah. just with the prestige attached to both the title and indeed the competitors challenging for it or wrestling over it. Um, I thought it was a good, good fun match. I was really impressed by little things that Muto did in this one. He's just very clever. You yeah, know, he is. He, wrestles in bursts and then slows it right down it's a really smart way to work you know given the you know any sort of limitation his age may cause and you know a good example of that was later in the uh later in the match where he hit a series of dragon screws that were like real snappy mm. you know, it looked very flashy and then locks on the figure four and then you can just breathe you can just yeah. kind of catch and it's yeah, just yeah. it's just clever work you, smart, you really smart work i felt like i was watching something very special like, mm. this is a guy you know he's 58 years old and just doing bits in there. It was, yeah. it was very good. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, uh, whilst not maybe not necessarily the best Bells Bell match on the card from a purely work rate perspective, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the emotion, you know, for the sort of Noah faithful, seeing Marafuji ascend to the top of the Noah mountain again can't be understated. It was impactful. Yeah, yeah definitely. One thing I wanted to mention to you about Marafuji as well is, and you know, it's particularly evident if you you watched him back in the early noughties with Noah, but you can really see how that you know, that group of Noah wrestlers they were such trailblazers oh, for you know, and their the ripples of the work they did then are still felt you know right up until you know the big two today. Mm. You, know, you look at somebody like a Will Osprey, who's can widely considered one of the best wrestlers in the world today, and the influence Marafuji's had on him is just you just have to watch one mm-hmm. Marafuji match to see that. And that's not to take anything away from Osprey, but you can just see the influence that he has and you know, the moves that he comes up with, even the way he throws that hook kick, for example, which I absolutely adore. Just absolute trailblazers and he was definitely at the heart of that oh absolutely yeah you know uh, marafuji and kenta you know were responsible for a lot of the you know you think early 2000s uh roh sort of style yeah the matches they were having like they were responsible for a great deal of that couldn't agree more yeah 100 percent uh the other thing to discuss here is imagine being 58 (laughs) pulling off a top rope moonsault what as bananas. I couldn't believe that. What what a guy. Amazing. There's a, there's a quote that always rings in my head when it comes to moonsaults. And I believe it's from Mick Foley's first book. Uh, and along the lines of, live by the moonsault, die by the knackered knees. <laughs> well, I think, didn't they say on commentary that Muto had, had two knee replacements as well? Mm-hmm. So, man, crazy. So, and that was his undoing as well. You yeah. Know, he, the first he time it. he busted it out since, I believe they said 2018. That's mad, isn't it? crazy but it didn't get the win and in fact left him in a slightly vulnerable position for marafuji to hit a series of moves uh finishing up with the big knee strike i think they called it the tiger king zero and that was pretty much it but what i really loved about the resulting pinfall is the way muto's legs were up in the air you could almost see that he sort of wanted to kick out but his body just wouldn't do it no. you know he was trying like head saying yes body saying no it just i always wouldn't do it. i always love that when you know it comes time to a pin and you can you know you can see the person on the other end you know we're 
just doesn't have anything left it but you know desperately wants to kick out they want to keep fighting but yeah. there's just there's just no way yeah just great great work here i really felt like you were you know being you're in the presence of real giants watching this one there's some really clever stuff going on throughout and i think muto more than proved his worth yeah. even at this late stage in his career he's still a, a top level guy but just there we go cyberfight festival you have to say overall it's absolutely a critical success for a me. triumph yeah 100 more interestingly though it was a commercial success uh president takagi announced that they had sold sort of circa 4,800 uh tickets for this one which is like a crazy number really particularly if you contrast it with new japan's dominion show which was the following day which drew three thousand uh or just over three thousand fans that's an amazing statistic and i can't remember the last time that you know a, a company that wasn't new japan drew those sort of figures um in, you know, for a japanese wrestling show so very encouraging indeed and very exciting for the cyberfight collective did that come down to the respective size of the arenas they were operating in, it mm. might be, oh, interesting. You know, no, Osaka Joe Hall was a massive arena. Yeah. So that would have been, yeah, that would have been fine. There might have been certain restrictions, that's possible. Mm. But, you know, I can't imagine that, you know, they would have they would have held them back to that degree. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Mm, that's you know, wonderful but, news then. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting one. And, you know, like I said, I can't remember the last time that happened in Japan. You know, it's certainly noteworthy. But yeah, there you go. Big, big stuff, big stories all around. Mm-hmm. And actually big stories over in New Japan as well, if we just touched on it very, very quickly. Um, you know, new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion in Shingo Takai. Yes. Yeah. Finally. It's all going crazy. All going crazy. It was Shingo. real, real pleased to see that. I, I watched that it. match. I watched that last night and yeah, what a match. Good Lord. Loads of good stuff on that show as well, actually. Yeah. Um, the the Cobb-Abushi um, match was great as well. Yeah. And it, I hope in many ways that the, that weekend really serves as something as a, you know, inflection point for Japan overall, you know, where they're still very much in the midst of the state of emergency and having a very tough time with the pandemic indeed. But, you know, two big, big wrestling shows that were both successful, both critically and commercially, that's that's a positive sign and just kind of speaks to the the fighting spirit of those companies and the wrestlers that work within them. I can't wait to see the state of Japanese wrestling once, you know, we are properly out of the pandemic era and things are back to, you know, relative normality. And just, yeah, I think everything's just going to be firing on all cylinders. There's yeah. so much great wrestling happening over there at the moment. It's like a coiled spring in many ways, yeah. isn't it? You know, there's it's already great, but there's still so much more to come. There's a there's a hell of a lot of upside to grow into. So yeah, really good stuff. Any more closing thoughts on Cyberfight Festival? Just that can't wait for the, the second uh, Cyberfight Festival. Bring us the second one, President yeah. Takagi. Yeah, we need it. We'll have my sort of finger hovering over the the flight booking uh, <laughs> as soon as as soon as it's announced. I'm certain. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, I think we should pretty much wrap up there then. So I think we've been going for quite a while on this one. There's a lot to talk about, to be fair. And just before we go, let's tell you about next week. So we mentioned Gang Bear Pro earlier. It's the one cyber fight uh, company that we haven't really spent a huge amount of time with. So we thought we'd remedy that and a good way to get a bit of introduction to the promotion as well as some insight into the inner workings is to speak to two of the more prominent 
stars from that promotion. So next week, right here on the podcast, we're going to be speaking to Shota and to Yuna Manas. I'm really, really excited to have that conversation and also to watch a bit of Gang Bear Pro yeah, as well. Yeah, we got our research today. Indeed, indeed. So that's going to be a lot of fun indeed. So really looking forward to speaking to Shota and Yuna next week. So please join us then. Before we go, a couple of plugs. Do check us out on social media, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Wrestling Pod. That's Wrestling Without the E. We really do appreciate you coming over and hanging out with us over there. So please do that. And if you need links to our socials, to our personal socials, to all of the different podcast platforms that host our podcast, you can check us out on www.wrestlingpod.com. Again, that's Wrestling Without the E. I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week. So, folks, in the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the grabs. Mm-hmm.